Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo. And today on the show, we have the, the incredible Ron Cording of CW33's Morning After and Mitch West, Regional Director of Nexstar. And by chance, they're working together now. They've been friends for years. And welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, how exciting is this? Am I your first repeat guest? Uh, no. no a couple repeats, but I uh, think we're our first triplet, right? You've been our guest more than... No, I've only been... Actually, you're right. I have been your guest. Oh, you're right. I was going to say if I'm not your first repeat guest, I don't want to be involved with this. But <laughs> <laughs> I realize this is like my fourth visit. It is your fourth visit. That's what I'm so I think I think you were the longest running guest. How about that? Like like Tom Hanks, I'm like the longest serving guest yeah. in his in his case. And, yeah. and, and I'm like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I'm so excited. He's only a virgin here. Trust me. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> so you've been working together on the show for a long time, and we were just Martha and I were just talking about how you know COVID has affected our lives. And obviously, Mitch, you travel to L.A. all the time, much like I do. That's not happening. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, Ron, it's affecting your job as well, you know, travel, et cetera. How, how would you guys say it has most affected you, work-wise? Well, I would say professionally, obviously, the travel. I, last year, I logged uh, 42 weeks of travel out of 52. Um, so that obviously came to a screeching halt. I've been home for 17 weeks, the longest I've been home in five years. Uh, my husband is ready to kick me out of the house. I think he's ready for me to start traveling again. Uh, but I mean, it's it's had a financial impact on advertising and we lost the Masters. We lost the NCAA uh, basketball. We lost uh, the, the Olympics, which would have taken place next month. You know, all of those things uh, went away. So from a professional standpoint, it, it was it was pretty devastating, Ron. Yeah, I mean, I think for us right now doing the show, I know that under normal circumstances, a our guests would be in our studio with us, and it's always, I think, a much better experience when you have that face to face contact and can develop that rapport. So that's that's missing, but it's missing for everyone. So it's not like we're at a competitive disadvantage. The the, the playing field has been leveled in that way. Also, travel out to L.A. or New York to cover and talk to the stars and celebrities who are part of the fall lineup. That's not happening. That's all been done by Zoom or done by satellite. So all of those things, but what I try to do is, is put that in perspective. We're doing a show, we're informing people, hopefully giving them a distraction from all of the COVID news. We make a concerted effort to do that. I think that's important. Uh, and I look at the bigger picture, as long as we're healthy and taking care of each other, all of this other stuff, we can deal with. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to deal with it as, as much of an inconvenience as it is. Well, Ron, I really like how I feel like you're one of the few that's actually in studio. And of course, you and Jenny are keeping a very safe distance. But I have to tell you, I'm so tired of seeing people on Zoom. I think it's awkward and weird to see in people's homes. And a lot of times they're recording in their bedroom. And that I just don't want to see inside their home and be in their bedroom. So I love that you're in the studio. And you guys have done an excellent job of covering COVID, but then also quickly going into some other subjects as well. 
Mm. Well, I, I will tell you, one of the things that's happened from all of these Zoom calls is people have, have had to up their game of what their backdrops look like. I mean, if you see mine, I actually bought new lamps just to match in here. And you know, our, our, my boss, Brian Jones, our COO, said, he goes, Mitch, you always win the prize for best backdrop. You know, and uh, so I, I think that's been interesting. But yeah, I don't want to see the meteorologist from the bathroom. I, you know, <laughs> no, this I, just in. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of it kind of brings me to. Um, so I've been out in the Hamptons where I am with my backdrop, with my flowers and a fish and everything. I set up glassware. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm about to come back. So here I am out here, and on my drive up here with my son, I thought, "Am I crazy going to New York?" It's this town where, you know, you're not allowed to do anything, you know, and they, including in the Hamptons. So we got out here, it was very sleepy and then everything started opening and now we're excited to go back home and be in Dallas and we still are excited, but we're getting a little nervous that we're doing the opposite. Now, as this opens, we feel like Dallas is instilling different rules, et cetera. What, how are you all, feel, all three of you feeling about that? What's the difference you feel, Martha? Well, I'm feeling emotional whiplash. <laughs> That's what I'm feeling because I'm like, there's so many mixed messages and being in the media, I try to really track the science and the numbers and put them in context. And I know that if you're testing more people, more people come back positive, that a hospitalization number is a really important number and Mm -hmm. that's going up and up and up. So now we've learned the heat doesn't kill it. Now we've learned it's going to be more present than we thought. And our lives are not just restricted by what we do here, but by what other states do elsewhere. New York, Connecticut, New Jersey are barring, if they can't bar travelers Mm. from Florida, Texas, Arizona, Arkansas, other hotspots, they're saying, once you get here, you have to quarantine. You have to show us a negative COVID test that's no more than 72 hours old. If you violate it, you get a $1,000 fine. It's $2,000 the second time. If you cause harm, it's $10,000. I mean, we are really restricted here in this country. This is not the summer we thought it was going to be. Reopening the economy is not as easy as we thought. So I'm coming to terms with that new reality. Well, and, is- I mean, and I'm drinking my Clorox now just really for the Just taste. in case. Yeah. <laughs> I bathe. I just bathe in it. Um, speaking of bathing in Clorox, and then I have a question for you. I have to say, um, I was talking to Martha about this also. Uh, it makes me laugh that everybody, so, you know, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, has been very much a beacon uh, in these times, right? Because we needed some leadership other Mm -hmm. than our president. And uh, I think it's hilarious that girls around the the country are in love with him. And have you heard the new term, homosexual? I love, that. <laughs> I love it. Listen, he or homosexual. If you're if you're totally into Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> I'll tell you. You know, Joe Biden would be foolish not to name him as kind of like the COVID czar or the disease czar um, yeah. in his cabinet. And he needs to first of all, he needs to announce his running mate sooner than later. Uh, and you know, I've got a, a, some of my favorite choices, but you know, we'll see what he decides to do, but he needs to go ahead and assemble his, his cabinet as if he's won. Um, yeah. just, just to be able to hit the ground running. You're well, right. It, it, is, moving it yeah. is moving slowly. Uh, so back to this other question I had was, I'm a little worried now if I leave Dallas again, are you sick? Cause Ron, you're more in the know and I have been watching the show obviously, but is the new rule saying if you leave Dallas, you have to come back with a clean bill of health with a test or it's the opposite. 
No, the rule is if you are from Texas, mm-hmm. they hate us everywhere else. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> they don't want us there. Stay in Texas. Do not come visit us. We don't want your presence. We don't want your money. If you have important business, prove it. If you're negative, prove it. Yeah. So that's what it is. Wow. Yeah. Ron is absolutely right. We were talking about driving to North Carolina, which is also considered a hotbed. You know, you just don't know from day to day what you can do, what you shouldn't do. And it just changes rapidly. And just going back to what you said, Ron, about hospital beds, I feel like a lot of people have kind of forgotten that that's really what it's all about. And they're walking around freely a lot of times without the face mask. And of course, Nellie, I'm sure you know that in Dallas, in businesses, you now have to wear one or you could get fined. The business could get fined. And um, then a lot of sports teams are starting to have a lot of positive cases. Like even within our high school, I know some, some teams have and some of the private schools. And it's just, it, the the summer the heat did not it seems like it actually activated it yeah i'm gonna say something that may be unpopular but i'm just gonna say it i feel like the tide is turning a bit in people's attitudes about this and how dangerous this is because now all of a sudden the children of rich white people are getting sick Mm. when before it was oh this is in the nursing homes Grandma will take one for the team, for the better good of the economy. Or, oh, that's too bad that the black population is more affected by this. But then again, they're more affected by everything. I've heard people say things like that as a means to dismiss it. Why is it it has to affect us personally before we care about how it's affecting other people? It's a general lack of empathy that seems to define our current culture that actually pisses me off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And Nellie, I don't know if you heard this, but this is really hitting close to home, guys. Is the main man at Burger House passed away he, right down there in Snyder Plaza, right down the street from Nellie and I. And he was always the, the sweet, wonderful man that was there. And he lived a, a big family with a big family. And his son also passed away. So two people in the same home one of which works right down the street has passed away. So it is, it's here guys. Uh, You know, two weeks ago, we lost a a dear friend of ours from San Antonio. He had underlying conditions, uh, but this, he was uh, confined to a wheelchair and his name was Adam. Uh, We called him little Adam because my husband's name is Adam. And, and it was just such a loss. And here's the thing. We can't even mourn his death. We can't go pay respects. There's not going to be a memorial service, at least not in the near future. And, you know, this is the second person in our life that that's that's their lives have been taken from this. And, you know, the hundreds of thousands are saying by uh, by uh, July or by September, it could be 200,000 deaths in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it, it is sad because it's real. It's real. And it's, it's interesting because it goes to show. OK, so I'm going to be honest. Uh, when the whole lockdown thing happened, I am a very claustrophobic person. I was not as restrictive as others. I mean, I was in my home, et cetera, and I might see people at eight feet away to say hello. But, uh, and I, you know, I did spray down everything, but I wasn't initially spraying my groceries and doing all of that stuff. Um, but I really got on board. Like it took me a while to get used to it because nothing like this has ever happened in my life. So that's just being honest. You know, and I think a lot of people aren't so honest about that stuff. They're like, we followed all the rules. Not everybody followed the rules. But I will say this. The minute things opened, I pretty much stuck to my rules. 
whatever mm. that was my comfort zone. Like I, I did not increase my social circle. I did not allow my son to, and he wanted to trust me. He was pushing and pushing and pushing. I want to go on a bike ride with eight kids. No, mm. no. You know, you had the one friend you can see that's fine. I understand you're a bike ride, but no, you're not increasing it to eight people. And I still continue to do all the spraying and, and everything else. I'm a little worried about that too, because that's going to give us all cancer. But, um, you know, I, and I, you know, and I wore a mask in every public place now out here. And, and we were just in New York city. You must wear a mask on the streets. Mm. Isn't that not the new case in Dallas on the streets too. Correct. Uh, not that, yet. Not, not yet on the streets, but they are requiring it in the buildings. You know, whenever you walk inside a building uh, and I, I'll tell you, my father passed away four years ago. Thank God he died when he did because my father would have been tired for Mary. He would have he would have infected everybody because he just <laughs> never followed rules. He goes, "What do you mean masks? Who wears these? Who wears these? Get out of here!" If you've seen the crowd at some of the gay bars on a Wednesday afternoon for happy hour, I'm waiting for them to please require bags be worn <laughs> right over your head. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can get cut the a whole That's it. I don't know, it's, it was weird. it's weird to me, like, we're in a sort of very private beach community that's very quiet, right? So I can go on a run, et cetera, but you can't run in New York City. Like this morning when I got up, you can't run in New York City without a mask. So it was weird. It was, it was weird for me. See, now I thought Texas, and I think, I actually think this is what's coming for us. Let's be honest, guys, all of our audience. I believe we're going to have to wear masks outside at all times. That is what is next. That's my well, guess. What do you guys think? I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. I feel like the watershed moment for me was when the governor, Mm -hmm. so, so let's consider Texas sort of a microcosm of the U S right. Yes. County judge Clay Jenkins was our Andrew Cuomo. He was a County leader who looked at the science was very pragmatic, shut things down sooner than anybody thought we should was progressive, took heat for it unapologetically said, well, sorry, you don't agree with me, but I'm believing the science and the scientists. So he took an Andrew Cuomo stance. Mm-hmm. The governor, meantime, took a less, well, we get the economy's more important. We got to reopen things. You know, is the cure worse than the disease? He's turned a corner. And when he turns a corner, to me, that's an indication. If he's getting panicked, the rest of us need to start waking up a little bit and paying closer attention. Yeah. Are you a jankosexual? <laughs> a what? A jankosexual for Clay? A jankosexual. I, I am. I just made that up. <laughs> that was good. I, I, listen, I have I have been so impressed with. He can Clay judge Jenkins. me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> now he's done a great job, and he's really made a, a national name for himself as a result of, uh, of his efforts. So. Now I will say this: his Zoom and Skype game sucks mm. i've had him on yes <laughs> i've had him on two shows and i'm like judge please can you get ethernet or something could you get an internet connection you may be the last person on earth we're able to speak to in a crisis <laughs> your internet <laughs> well i i just found it so interesting at how it's affected so many people you know, uh, Nellie, you were a little bit more upset up front and then you took a turn and I was pretty positive up front and then I took a turn towards uh, the latter part of it. But just mainly on social media, like the last time I saw you, Ron, I was talking about just having to snooze a few people because people were going 
cray cray on social media and like just going on these big tirades about political issues and is this disease real and all that kind of stuff. Like we're seeing a different side of people than we ever knew existed. And it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I also see MSM, I know that's code for mainstream media. And I know that that MSM has come from all sorts of propaganda websites and places that are trying to feed into some of the, for lack of a better term, fake news that's out there. I'm all about accuracy, honesty, mm-hmm. sourcing stuff, looking at the science and shutting out the noise. And when I, I have people in my life who, who can't listen to any level of reason, you're right. You start to clean house. You start to think, you know, this is more of a fundamental difference in who we are than I really, it's a real marker of how fundamentally different we might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we as a company at Nextstar is launching uh, a middle of the road uh, broadcast called uh, News Nation on September 1st. And it's not the right, not the left. It's the news from the heartland. It's the stories you don't see in the headlines. And we're excited about that because we want, we want to get back to a normalcy and saying, let's just report the facts. Shameless plug again, that's WGN America beginning September 1st. <laughs> Mitch, that's awesome because, you know, I mean, I know one American who's tries, tries to say that, but it's not really true. Yeah. You know? yeah. That, that's actually the answer to my dreams because I was going to ask you while we were on the topic, if you guys could recommend a station that's actually right in the middle, because no matter which one you listen to, it's either hardcore left or hardcore right. I am so happy to hear that you guys are going going for this new direction. I will say this. I, I believe that the network nightly newscasts, specifically I'm a real fan of Lester Holt, mm-hmm. I think that they have found their place again, or I should say the value of them in the media landscape has been once again solidified because when we're in the middle of something like this and information's changing on a moment's notice and anchors on nightly newscasts are all about having a point of view and getting a guest in a gotcha moment and whoever yells loudest wins the conversation, not whoever's most accurate. All of that stuff is beginning to clutter the airwaves on the cable dial. One half hour a day is a news organization that's able to take everything that's happened in the previous 24 hours look at it in the scheme of the bigger picture, deliver you pointed and poignant stories that really put things in context. And when you begin to step back, I would almost recommend, because people are getting anxiety over too much information, I would recommend watching a show like Morning After, where we strike a balance 10 a.m. weekdays on CW33, or your evening newscasts, which are a half hour that encapsulate what you really need to know and understand about what's developed in the last 24 hours. That's you know, what I think. I think you're right. And I've started to feel like an old person because I've gone back to the news. Like, because I do work for CBS, I love CBS and I love Nora O'Donnell. So mm-hmm. I actually watch the news that's 530 in Dallas, but 630 here. I really like to watch the news because it's like a, a, a capsulated version of what's going on. And I feel it's much more even handed. I feel like I'm actually, I agree with you totally, Ron. I feel like I'm actually getting, you know, a half hour of news. I, I don't feel like I'm getting, uh, you know, like I can make my own decision after I hear it, right? I can say, oh, this is my opinion. But you know what else they're doing? They're doing what I thought we were all supposed to be doing, or at least when I got in this business or what I'd witnessed that inspired me to get into this business. And that is personalizing issues hmm. so that we see ourselves in those people. 
When you turn on Fox News and you see five boxes or you turn turn on CNN or see five boxes of talking heads and people arguing and trying to win a discussion, you're not seeing the story Mm. of the 43-year-old guy from Waco and his wife who became Mm. sick with COVID and don't know how and he almost died 17 days on a respirator. Mm. And you begin to understand how sick he was and what it means to almost die from something. And you hear from them and they say to you, it's not the flu, trust me. Mm. We need to hear and see those stories. You're not seeing them in that boisterous, boisterous clutter that's on cable. Right. You're so right. But you also are just a genius at handling things that way. Your new show is perfect that way. I feel like you give a very balanced view of what's going on. You have a great balance, as Martha said, of talking about COVID, because honestly, it is our world world right now, but also addressing other issues and presenting it and letting people have their opinions, you know, and that's important. Well, and I think one of the secret sauce of the show is that they do show humanity and we they do laugh out loud. And, yes. and I'll tell you, one of the things that one of the takeaways for us doing those dad jokes is I had people call me and, and say, thank you. I needed that today. This this was the laughter I needed. And I wish we all could laugh more. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of dad jokes, I have one really quickly. Why did the mushroom get invited to the party? Why? Because he's because he's a fun guy. I, I knew there was <laughs> And why why didn't he go to the party? Why? There wasn't mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like a horse walks into the bar and the bartender says, Why the long face? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we know the punchlines to these is a really bad sign. It's a very bad sign. And you're not even dads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Mitch's dad was a hypochondriac his whole life. In fact, his tombstone says, I told you I was sick. It just doesn't really. That's awesome. It does not? Okay, I actually believe that. Because, you know, knowing Mitch, knowing Mitch as I do, I would be like, his dad might say that. (laughs) No, my dad was a a cross between Charles, uh, his Charlie West was a cross between General George S. Patton from World War II Archie Bunker from All in the Family and Mr. Costanza. That's that's all together. That was there my were no jokes on his tombstone. I'm just gonna oh. say right now. <laughs> his favorite phrase in life was don't piss up my shoes and tell me it's raining. <laughs> and, the other one, and the other one, I don't know how clean the show is, but he he said, You don't you don't know shit from Shinola. Uh, oh my gosh. You remember my that? My dad one? said that all the time. I think it was from that era. <laughs> Yeah. It's so funny because I remember I had this conversation with Greg Fields and there are sayings that he thought were part of the culture of the black community, like mm, shit from Shinola. Yeah. Um, and I said, no, no, my grandfather said that too. Yeah. He was Northern and white. Yeah. So we, you know, really we are in some ways, that is a small way that proves we're, we're more connected than we think we are with some of those, those old sayings. They were more widespread and, and not exclusive to any, you know, subculture or culture. Yeah. 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 Well, guys, we, we really appreciate you joining us today and tell us one more time how we can find what I'm going to call the Dream News Channel. Well, if you're in Dallas, it's CW33. Uh, tune in Monday. They're talking Friday. about News Nation. They're not News? talking about oh, me. Oh, okay. We haven't well, I'm sure yeah. All right. So it is, it's News Nation, launches September 1st, WGN America. And it's different on every cable system, but it is on all the cable systems in Dallas. You know, they, they tried to do a lot of 
before Nextar owned them, they tried to do a lot of scripted primetime shows like Salem, which was shot in mm-hmm. Shreveport, it turns out. But this is going to be three hours of, of live news. Yeah. Great. I'll be calling you for a job. And Ron, <laughs> tell everybody about your show, which we love. Uh, well, my show is Morning After, which was a half-hour podcast that I created um, last May, uh, almost a year to the date that it ended up on TV. And it was on half hours on Thursday. And unbeknownst to me, when Nextstar purchased CW33, the newly assigned GM was a fan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Mitch told me that. And I thought, oh, he's just saying that. And then the GM called me and said he's a fan of the podcast. And so began the discussions. And so uh, Mitch has pull. Yes, he does. And he's been very supportive. But um, on the merits of the work we were doing, it was recognized by this GM. But then Mitch has been there to be a real advocate um, to help get all the pieces together and working. And, you know, because sales is such an important part of what the station does and the company does, he spearheads that in terms of, of tracking the ratings and selling the product. So somebody that I've been best friends with for eight years, I never would have imagined. And it happened so serendipitously that we'd be working together, which is why we're not social distancing because we see each other every yeah. day. Yeah. We're, we're like an old married couple. <laughs> it's at 10 a.m. CW 33. Do not get confused on cable systems. It might come up as channel nine KDAF, which are the call letters. We're working to make sure that the branding is consistent so people can find it more readily, but it's, it's, it's what they call the fifth affiliate. There's NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, and CW. Yeah. And it's 33 if you have an antenna, and it's Channel 9 on most cable, but it's KDAF in the show's morning. And you can live stream it at CW33.com. Yeah, well, you got to tune in. That's been another episode of The Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Millie Shudo, and we'll catch you next time.